0: Welcome back to your Haunted Holiday. I'm Lindsay. And this is Lisa. And I have a listener request for everyone this week. This is a really good one. This was actually requested by Melissa P88, who actually left us a review on Apple Podcasts. And she posted that she really wants to hear about this particular location. Uh, She's from Great Britain, it looks like, based on her review. And so this is international this week. Nice. And I love a good uh, listener request. So it's not us necessarily having to go out and search for a location. Although I will say haunted locations that you can visit just aren't that hard to find. But it sounds like this is going to be a really good one. And we appreciate everybody who's left us uh, a review. Absolutely. Yes. If you're enjoying the podcast, leave us a review just like Melissa did. In this case, she gave us a great recommendation because I got to tell you, this place is haunted. I am almost certain of it. There are so many good examples. Immediately when I started researching this location, I knew it was going to be a really good one for an episode. Here we go. This is your haunted holiday at the Golden Fleece Inn in York, UK. all right everybody so for those that follow us on social media you may have already seen this update but we have started posting our podcast videos on YouTube as well. So I know a lot of you love the audio version, which is fantastic. You can, of course, listen to that wherever you stream podcasts. But now if you have any interest in actually watching our talking heads <laughs> on video on YouTube, you can go to YouTube, search your Haunted Holiday and find all the episodes there. Do know that there will likely be a delay between the podcast episodes posting versus the same version of that on YouTube so if you go to look right away you may not see it there and and we know that that's going to be the case but do subscribe to our YouTube channel if there's one thing you can do to help the show today I know we talk about reviews we love getting those and those are extremely helpful Um, but now that we're really trying to kick off YouTube a little bit more go to YouTube and subscribe check it out we're hoping you know as we visit more locations that we can also get some additional videos out there for you and and do a good job of presenting that in a video format so some exciting stuff to come i think no doubt i you know we're still getting a little better at it we're still working on it um but trying to get some more content out there for everybody definitely go subscribe to our youtube channel and share this with your friends and family. Get the word out about our show. If you're watching the show, you can see like the blurry vision of my dog behind me, so you're in for a treat outside of the regular <laughs> the regular audio if that's what you're doing. All right, well let's dive into the Golden Fleece Inn. If you look up the Golden Fleece, make sure you're looking up York in the UK, right, Uh, in the United Kingdom. There is another Golden Fleece that I found a website for that's not at all, it doesn't seem to be associated. So history, so it's found in Yorkshire, England, and this pub was founded as early as, they find it in the York City archives as early as 1503. Who knows, the building could have been there before, right? That's just as early as we know it to be around. So wait, so the building itself, has been there since 1503. Yes. And there's been some major renovations absolutely since then. Um, and some different owners will get into a little bit of that. But, yeah, the building itself is quite old. And they really don't even have history around, like, what it was used for back then. But the best guess that I came across on the Internet um, was that they believe it was owned by members of the Merchant Adventurers Guild. And this guild traded fleeces and wool. Hence, we have the Golden Fleece. If you look at this pub, it really is a cool looking building just from the outside, right? You've got hanging over the door is a golden fleece, which is really like a golden statue of like uh, a lamb or a sheep that you get wool from. So there you go. I didn't really know anything about York, England. So I did a little bit of just general research, just kind of understand a little bit more about what it's about so if you're thinking about where could this be it's about 174 miles northeast of London so quite a drive but if you're looking at a map of UK and you see Leeds it's about 22 miles away from Leeds there's some cities around it it actually has Roman origins and we'll get into a little bit of that when we get into the haunting discussion part of this podcast and what's really cool about this old city it's medieval okay like there is literally a medieval wall that is surrounding the center of the city that you can like walk around and see. It's pretty cool. All the buildings are old. It's it's some place like you and I would love. I absolutely love that about going to Europe, any country over there, England, being able to see the history and how old it is. I know we talk about this all the time, but the older a place is, the more likely there's history, the more likely there's people that may have passed away there the more likely that there is ghosts. Absolutely, I agree. And go figure, also I have in my notes, the medieval town was a wool trading center during the Middle Ages, go figure more of that theme. During World War II sections, of the city were actually bombed. So that's something to keep in mind. I didn't see anything about this particular building having damage. I think some other bigger metropolitan areas saw more damage during World War II, but the city definitely saw an impact over that war. When you look at the demographic, well, not really demographics, but population, if you're thinking, how big is this town? Is this city? Currently, the latest info I have is it's just around 200,000, maybe a little over 200,000 residents today. Um, But it is also a top beer destination in the country with over 200 pubs on record. And there are over, I wanted to say I saw something about over 300 locally created beers that basically you can only get there in York. So if you're gonna go to York, you need to go on like kind of a bar tour and drink all the different beer that's available. That sounds amazing. I wonder, I bet a lot of it, because in England, my understanding is they don't drink a lot of like the cold beer that we're Hmm. used to Mm -hmm. here, right? We're used to those like chilled light beers over there. They're drinking like darker, you know, more hoppy brews, that kind of thing. So I'm sure it is very different than we are used to, but I'm also very open-minded when trying a beverage. So if I go to York, I will uh, definitely try some of the local stuff. I feel like that would be something you've got to do. So... Now that we know a little bit about like where the city is, you know, how big of a city this is, we're talking about, you know, the inn first became, we know it goes back as far as 1503. It became an inn, they believe, in around 1656, but it wasn't officially registered with the city as an inn until 1668. So still, that is going very far back. In 1702, it took on some new owners that were fairly well known named John and Alice Peckett. And John was the Lord Mayor of York from 1701 to 1702. So he had this Lord title, and he was the Sheriff of the town also earlier than that in 1695. So these are fairly prominent people there in the town. And we'll get more into John and Alice, primarily Alice, when we get a little bit deeper into the podcast. In 1983, the building did undergo major renovation. So, like I said, The 1503 building has definitely been renovated. Seems mostly pretty safe, right? But it's been around quite a while. In 2005, the show Most Haunted filmed an episode. I'll talk a little bit about watching. I did watch that episode, of course. If you're not familiar with the show Most Haunted, it's basically like a UK version of Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters. Lisa and I actually ran across this show years ago and we're watching so many episodes of most haunted we enjoyed it so much i was hooked on most haunted for quite a long time i thoroughly enjoyed it but a lot like ghost adventures it can be over the top too so if you've seen you know either show you kind of understand right i mean they need to make it entertaining it is for television and so there is like a an up factor a kind mm-hmm. of heightened factor of everything but i do still enjoy some most haunted absolutely we'll talk a little bit about it in a moment but So today, you know, they filmed that episode in 2005. Today, it's just an active pub and inn, and it's got four guest rooms upstairs. They quote it on their website as one of the most haunted pubs in the country. It is definitely notoriously haunted, and it's got so much history there. It's a well-known location there in England. That's, That's basically it. It's a good place to visit, and it's haunted. And, like, going back through the history, I mean, obviously we talked about it's super old, right? So the likelihood of it being haunted, like, skyrocket right away, right? Do we have any history about has there been tragedy here? Has there been owners that are just really attached to the place? Or is a lot of that just unknown? Some of it's, I would bet you that a lot of it's speculation. Like... There are some things I'm going to get into about potential deaths that have occurred that are related to specific ghosts that I'm going to talk about. Whether I found anything like very specifically on record saying, yes, this is haunted because this person definitely died on this day. I don't really have any of that. So much history. I am certain there's death in this place. Right. But we'll talk about it in just a moment. Okay, so let's talk about some of the hauntings that you might run across here at the Golden Fleece Inn. So they believe, or the claim is, that there's about 15 ghosts. And there's several notable ones um, that I'm going to get into. But in general, a lot of full-figure apparitions are seen here. Orbs, temperature changes, the feeling of being touched... There's just so much activity. But I find that the specific ghosts that are called out on certain videos I watched and just on different websites that I researched is really interesting. So let's start with Lady Alice Peckett. Apparently she liked that title because she was married to the Lord Mayor of York. So she liked her title of Lady Alice Peckett. So she's definitely haunting this place it seems. so. We don't really know that she died here, but I talked a little bit about the Most Haunted episode. They had a psychic, of course, as they always do in their episodes. He believes that absolutely her and John both died in the inn, and that Alice actually lived quite a bit longer than her husband did. So whether that's real or not, I I can't tell you for sure. But the psychic on Most Haunted seemed to believe that they both passed away there in the building. Lady Alice Peckett is seen haunting the halls. They see her in full apparitions. She's usually a Tark, kind of almost shadowy figure is what I've heard descriptions of on some of the videos. She's seen a lot going up and down the stairs. And if you don't see her on the stairs, a lot of people believe the footsteps they hear in the middle of the night on the stairs are her. She also has a tendency to move furniture around. A lot of people think this is one of those spirits who owns the inn and doesn't like the way the furniture is currently situated. And so she's there moving furniture around. That sounds like something like a previous owning, you know, owner of the property would do if they were there. Like, I could imagine, like, my house, I love how I have it decorated. It's, like, very specific. If some reason later, later down the line, I'm haunting it, you know if somebody comes in and jacks it up and you know is moving stuff all over the place i might be tempted to go in there and you know rearrange it a little bit mm-hmm. if, especially if they've got it set up just all wrong you know you gotta move that stuff back right. the you way it needs to be the right way <laughs> exactly there's also most haunted episode mentioned something about babies crying and uh, the sound of a baby crying and maybe this is associated to her as well hard to say though right so some other spirits there There's also a spirit named One-Eyed Jack. Like, I love that there's a name of a spirit called One-Eyed Jack. Was he a pirate? I mean, who knows? (laughs) This guy is known to sit at the bar, okay? They see him at the bar. He wears an old red coat. Seems to be like 16th, 17th century coat is what they say. And he is also carrying a very old-style pistol. That's interesting. Um, He's mainly seen around the bar people that, believe they've seen him um, sometimes feel faint or kind of get an ominous feeling afterwards. They also say that dogs get very upset in the area of the bar where they believe One-Eyed Jack hangs out a lot. So they think that dogs are not a fan of One-Eyed Jack. Um, So Jack is not a dog person. Apparently uh, not. and, And is impacting people in a negative way. So I wonder maybe he was just a bad guy in in real life you know i don't know hey it could be he tends to associate apparently with another ghost it also sounds like not the nicest person in the world he's called the grumpy old man this is what they call this guy and he's also seen at the bar he's mainly seen sitting at the bar in fact people that go to the pub report seeing him like he's a real person sitting at the bar. And so they usually see him. And this is a guy who just has a scowl on his face. He just looks angry. He doesn't look happy. People that have believed he's a real person supposedly have gone up to him, talked to him, and he will either yell at you or curse like under his breath and disappear. Wow. I would love to have that encounter. In fact, I had kind of pictured exactly what you described as soon as you said grumpy old man and I can picture him sitting at the end of the bar probably a regular patron of the place and Mm -hmm. he passed away and now he's returning. Yeah he's the you know the regular the regular customer right? Mm -hmm. Him I I, you know I don't know it's hard to say if the grumpy old man and one-eyed Jack actually know that each other are there but they tend to be people that used to go to this bar and are still there. And, you know, what's interesting to think about is were they regular customers at the same time or in completely different times of history? Because this place was built the 1500s. It probably wasn't an inn or a pub, you know, back then. But, I mean, it's been a pub for probably several hundred years, right? Like the grumpy old man could have been a patron of the place 50 years ago and one-eyed jack maybe 200 years ago. Who knows? And are they aware of each other's presence today as they haunt it? Yes. I wonder if they interact or know that they're there. That's interesting to think about. Very interesting. There's also apparently the potential of a haunting. And I don't know if this is absolutely accurate, but they claim that there's a previous owner who apparently had died by suicide by hanging in the back bar uh, at some point. Hard to say if that actually happened, but it sounds like maybe it did. Um, People, what's really creepy about it, though, is in that area of the building, people feel pressure around their neck. And so when they learn that apparently there was a death there of that kind of nature, it really gets people kind of frightened, understandably. Oh, that's really, that's an interesting residual haunt for sure. Definitely. On a less scary note... There's also someone they call the little boy, and they believe that he may have been trampled by horses outside of the bar in the street, and uh, they don't think he is a bad character. They get the feeling that he is mainly just pulling kind of innocent pranks on people uh, around the bar. And um, he doesn't tend to interact. Apparently, people that have seen the little boy, if they try to interact him like they would with a grumpy old man, they don't really get a response. So hard to say. Maybe he's residual. But there's also apparently that he does some sort of kind of pranks and that kind of thing, which makes me think more poltergeist type of activity. So hard to say. But apparently there is a child that they call the little boy haunting the pub. Right. And probably more poltergeist if he's trying to pull pranks and actively avoiding people right there's also someone that they believe is a canadian airman and this is someone who supposedly died by falling from one of the upper windows of the third floor of the inn and they see him today as a full figure apparition standing in full military uniform Basically just standing over people's beds on the third floor in particular, staring at them. So he's a creeper ghost. So he's one of those, the starers. He's a a creeper ghost, definitely. It's uh, interesting. So the Canadian airman. So he particularly haunts the third floor. I don't know exactly what room that is. I wasn't able to determine what window he fell out of, but supposedly he fell from a window out of the third floor. And so he tends to haunt that location specifically If you happen to be staying there. Another one that I thought was fascinating, right? Remember I mentioned that this was a town that had Roman origins. Apparently there were actually even like Roman roads and highways that went through this area of the country. And they see in the cellar of this building, they see Roman soldiers marching. And when people see them, apparently the Roman soldiers completely seem oblivious to the alive people's presence. So we think maybe this is a residual haunting. And they just walk right through the walls. They just march right through. Wow. And I I would imagine, I don't know, is this place like kind of by itself in the countryside or is it in a town where it's surrounded by other houses? Because what I'm wondering is, are people in the surrounding homes or you know wherever, are, are they experiencing this too? Because I would imagine they would be. You know i don't know that's a really good question apparently they're right in the middle of town and there's lots of other businesses there's old medieval road like right across the street i can't remember what it's called right now but it's a very famous road that's been around for years and years and it's right there um wow so it's right there in the center of things so there's lots of businesses and that kind of thing around so i'm sure there's hauntings all over That's really cool. And I bet that's specific to, you know, just kind of that area where there was a lot of, you know, Romans traveling through. Like, how cool is that? I mean, that haunting goes back really beyond the building then. I would love to see it. I would love to see. That's something that's like, it might be a little frightening at first, right? But It's not a demon, you know, like the people over at the Haunted Museum we covered last week, right? I'll take Roman soldiers marching by, unaware that I'm even there. That would be cool. I think I'd probably be a little scared by it, but you're right. It's not a demon, so it would be the end of the world. But I I wonder, too, if people just kind of hear that activity sometimes, because... Like I would imagine like a a Roman, you know, army or, you know, whoever's coming through, like there's a lot of things that they're carrying. There's maybe horses or, you know, livestock, like who knows? Like you could hear those noises as well, I bet. So it might be something to listen for too, rather than just look for. No doubt. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the main episode I found of a TV show going to this location was, like I said, the Most Haunted episode. The best way I can describe this episode and any episode I remember watching of Most Haunted back in the day is that it's chaotic. It's just chaotic, right? They usually started off with a psychic or like medium walking through the building. They go through, they have a historian typically that tries to kind of give you some information. So I find that really interesting that they do that, right? But then they get into the ghost hunting portion, and that's where it typically kind of goes sometimes a little off the rails. It gets a little crazy. But just like any of the ghost shows we watch, right? Like, it can get that way, especially on, like, uh, ghost adventures. Not as much ghost hunters, but yeah, it can happen, right? The medium, like I said earlier, he does claim that John and Alice both died there in the building. And like I said, they really think that Alice is active in this building, haunting it through multiple floors all over the place. There is a guy, and I'm going to break this down briefly. I'm not going to give you the whole synopsis, but some things they came across while they were there ghost hunting. One of the main ghost hunter people on this show is named Stuart. <laughs> I, remember, I remember <laughs> Stuart well. <laughs> he is one of the more dramatic people on this show, uh, I will say. He's constantly being tormented by spirits you know um all over you know especially i feel like in the later episodes and it's been so long since i've really sat down and watched a lot of most haunted but he always has something happen to him right so lisa and i joke stuff happening so much that it became highly questionable right like yes. here's the thing i really do believe in ghosts and i really do people believe that people are encountering things sometimes on these programs right i also think this is a television show like i said earlier they're trying to make it more dramatic and i feel like Stuart had a little bit of the flair for the dramatic if you know what i mean absolutely well he's one of the first people to experience anything in this episode as usual but you know who knows this is interesting because there is that little boy ghost that i mentioned right and Stuart feels what he says is tugging on his back pocket Um, And and the psychic is like, you know, that little boy, he basically thinks that there is a a ghost there that used to be a pickpocket in life. And I'm thinking maybe it's that little boy ghost that haunts it that they talk about pulling pranks on people. And then what's funny is after he feels that, other people on the the, um, crew start having a similar thing occur to them. So that kind of added a little bit more credence to it. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, I think a pickpocket ghost like feeling that sensation I mean that's not super over the top right in terms of experiences but something that definitely would be realistic and then Stuart again he gets locked in a bathroom in what they call St. Catherine's room and you know they go and they check the door and the door doesn't it has to be physically locked right and they're like how is this possible like Yvette is the main host's name she's like this is wild. And I'm kind of laughing when I'm watching because we know the Stuart kind of dramatics. and I'm laughing. Well, I know how it's possible. It didn't happen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, Stuart. But maybe it did happen. I, I hate to be that skeptic because maybe it happened. But you got to question things sometimes, especially when you have someone who has so much happen, you know, through the course of their time on this program. There is right. no way. That all of this stuff has occurred to this man. I mean, right. Stuart, a- if you're listening, I apologize. Please don't reach out to me. I complain <laughs> about what I'm saying. Sure, he's not listening. It just comes off a little bit like the boy who cried wolf. Like, it's so much that it's like, I, I question everything now. Like, yes. And it's like, I hate that I do that because like, if we ever had a television show or I mean, we do have a podcast where we go out and we try to experience things and share it with everybody. Like, one of the things that is so important to me is that we never like just make something up for the sake of right. like having a good story. Like that is just something I would never do because it's important to me that like we can validate this is something that really happens. Like for somebody who's experienced something, like I, I've i experienced something too. And for me, like it's, it's nice to hear that other people like I'm not crazy right I'm not I'm not the only one so it's important for us what we tell our audience is real and I'm not saying yeah. Stewart's being fake but it certainly is suspicious and definitely uh, a large number of those episodes the odds are high that like he has experienced real hauntings I mean he's going to extremely haunted locations but like you said I want to give our audience something real. And we always say that the reality is, and Lisa, you and I, we've been to lots of haunted places too. Not as many as them, I'm sure. You know, it's like whale watching, right? Like you just, odds are high, you're not going to even come across anything or you're going to be able to debunk what you do come across. Hauntings just aren't happening all the time. It's it's hard to catch it when it does. It does happen, but it's just not as frequent as what I think some of these shows make it out to be right so I go into it with skeptical and I still enjoy the show a lot actually yeah like I think the story's fascinating I think the psychic piece is fascinating I think seeing what they experience in general and it's entertaining to see what kind of crazy stuff is going to happen to Stuart Mm -hmm. in this next episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know every time I see Stuart on camera I just laugh I'm like oh here we go what's gonna happen Um, The other interesting thing in that same bathroom they're investigating it after he had been locked in it and they hear like a metal noise which they determine is the toothbrush holder on the sink and then the sink literally they didn't catch it right on camera when it happened but they hear the water start running the sink turned on on its own which is really interesting I watched another YouTube video actually the same thing happened and that is interesting right like i wonder if there's something wrong with the sink number one right mechanical issues something like that maybe but who knows like i i find that interesting the the people on the youtube video i was watching it was like uh, i don't know boyfriend girlfriend or friends or whatever but they were filming orbs what they believed were orbs on a chair and then all of a sudden they hear water running and they run back and sure enough the sink is turned on And it was funny because the guy on this YouTube video was so excited about it, but also nervous. And he was like, oh, my God, I am shaking. I am shaking. Oh, my God. That happened. Like, he was so over the top and funny to listen to. But it was kind of cool. Like, I I could see us feeling a similar way if that had happened. For our British listeners, apologies for Lindsay's (laughs) British accent. Americans Americans can't do British accents well. It was bad. (laughs) It's bad folks. And they they, instead of calling it the sink, they call it the tap. The tap! The tap is on! (laughs) Yeah, I got a kick out of it. It was good. And then the other thing that occurred on the Most Haunted episode after the sink turns on, then they're downstairs doing some more ghost hunting and Yvette, who's the woman, the blonde woman that's the main host of the show, she hears laughter in her ear like somebody went ha 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 in her ear and she's like, no way, did you just say that? Did you just do that? And they're like, no. I believe that she experience that. It seemed very genuine. And yeah, I could see how that could happen. That, those were the major things that they experienced while they were visiting. Interesting. And the, the tap or the sink activity was kind of validated a little bit um, by that other video that you watched. So it wasn't something that only happened to the crew of Most Haunted. It sounds like maybe this is happening to other people. I also really appreciate the fact that there are 15 ghosts very specifically at this location. And it sounds like every ghost has a little bit of a backstory, right? And so it'd be fascinating. Um, Obviously, we don't have time to get into the details of all the different ghosts, but if you were able to go there and go on a tour or something, which I know you're going to talk about here in a little bit, it'd be interesting to hear more about some of those ghosts and what they are doing there. Absolutely. I think, based on all of the different ghosts that they claim there and all the stories that are out there, this place seems to be pretty haunted. So now that we've talked about the different ghosts that are there and things that you could potentially experience if you were to stay, let's talk about actually going there and like what kind of accommodations they have, all of that kind of good stuff. This place seems to embrace their ghosts. Like I said on the website, they say that they are one of the most haunted pubs in the country. They note it, um, even on their website, when you look at their different state rooms, they say something to the extent of, maybe you'll run across one of our resident ghosts. You know, So they clearly embrace the ghosts. There are so many uh, videos out there of people on YouTube renting rooms and documenting their experiences. So if you're interested, you can definitely go. Check that out and kind of get an idea too of what the rooms look like. Kind of get like almost a room tour on YouTube. So let's talk about the pub. They are open daily from 11 a.m. to midnight, and they serve food from noon to 8:30 p.m. every day. I noticed some notable items, so I looked at their menu and I saw they have a really good-looking drink menu. A lot of just standard type of drinks there, but it's making me want a cocktail. Honestly, like reading the menu, it looked good, but On their food menu, they have something called the Cheesy Dorito Sharer. That sounds right up my alley, okay? This is Doritos, it sounds like, with melted cheese, jalapenos, avocados, salsa, and a garlic and herb sauce. Sounds amazing. That sounds delicious. So it's basically nachos made out of Doritos instead of regular tortilla chips, which is a genius idea. Because, okay, since I was a kid... Matt does the same thing uh, as as me it's like the oddest thing since I was a kid I would eat nacho cheese Doritos with nacho cheese so I'd go buy like the queso uh, whatever brand you want and then I dip the nacho cheese Doritos into the nacho cheese people think I'm insane but I'm telling you what the cheesier the better it is fantastic I knew you were going to say this, and this is why I added this particular thing on my list as a notable menu item for this particular pub, because cheese on cheese, on cheese, and then add some jalapenos in there, add some sort of a garlic herb sauce, uh, please, and a beer to wash it down. This sounds Sounds amazing. amazing. And to give you an idea, the the prices on this menu all seem very standard. They don't seem like really expensive at all. So this particular thing is for two people, they say at least. It's about 10 and a half pounds. And if you convert it to dollars today, that's today. Of course, that could change, including their menu could change. All of these prices could change. Disclaimer. But it comes out to about $13.18 today in U.S. uh, dollars. Um, They also have chicken wings, burger selections, like fried chicken um, sandwiches. Of course, they have fish and chips. Like I said, all typical, really good-looking bar food. They also have steak, salmon. They have some nicer items. Nothing really particularly expensive. So this is a pretty reasonable place to go. Lots of good-looking stuff. They also have like a special Christmas menu out right now. We're in the holiday season. So lots of interesting kind of things out there you can try. They also do serve breakfast but it's only for hotel guests and i'll talk about what that rate is here in just a few minutes the other cool thing is that the pub is dog friendly um so i would say you've got to bring your dog because we have this one-eyed jack that's right they might be able to to test this yes absolutely so if you go to the pub Bring your dog. What I love about it, it's indoors too. And they don't mind you bringing your dog in there. Like that just doesn't happen here in the US. Like you have to have a patio for a dog to be allowed. So I'm fully on board with this. The bad thing is though, if you're staying in one of the guest rooms, you cannot have your dog. It's not dog friendly for those. Somewhat understandable. If you go to this place, bring your dog uh, for the food and the drinks, okay? Let us know if you have any interesting experiences. When we get into the actual rooms, there's four different rooms, like I said. They've got the double Catherine's room, a Lady Peckett twin room, so two tween beds. They have a superior double, and then they also have a superior double with lounge. So that one's gonna be the biggest one when i went to the calendar to book i was kind of trying to go out a few months so i went into like february trying not to find necessarily peak times but what i the range that i saw was anywhere from 114 pounds up to 270 pounds per night and if you convert that it's about 143 to a to 340 dollars a night in u.s dollars today so decently pricey so like i would almost equate that to you know, a room in Savannah to some degree, right? Uh, A lot of the different inns or, or hotels there, it would be, you know, about the same. Totally. I think that it sounds, prices today, right? And if you're looking at a cool town, okay, a neat city, and you're right in the center of the city, you are paying in particular for like the cool history. You're paying also for your location and the character of the place. Honestly, So it is a little bit on the pricier side, but I think that considering where you're located in the town itself, probably reasonable. And what about the accommodations wise? Uh, You know, you said there's character, sometimes character, uh, or I should say most of the times character is a good thing, especially when it comes to hauntings. But when it comes to decor, sometimes character can go a little bit too far. So what is your opinion (laughs) when you looked at these rooms? This does not go too far as far as character is concerned. I would say one thing to note that I saw in one of the YouTube videos and some websites mentioned it is that the floors are even uneven, right? So if you go to these buildings built way back then, there's no building codes. Apparently, this wasn't even built on original foundation, right? So they did some major renovations. I imagine when they did those, they probably made sure things are safe, but the floors are crooked. So if you're staying in the rooms, note that sometimes they're a little slanted. Um, So be aware of that. But I think it kind of adds character. The rooms themselves, I would think they're kind of on the small side because this is a historic hotel. You're going to have really small rooms, but some of them, like in particular, the um, the one with the lounge, you actually go down a hallway, it looks like, and there's a living room kind of area. So that's a decent sized room, that one in particular. As far as updates, I would say there's obviously been updates made. Like if you go look at the bathroom, I mean, this isn't from the 15 or the 1600s, right? But it's from like probably the 80s, 90s, could use some updating if they're looking to like, you're not going to have really nice looking modern updates at all here. But you have really cool like wood floors, you've got like um, four post beds, you've got cool old armoires. That kind of stuff. And if I'm staying in Yorkshire, England, I wouldn't exactly want like a super modern looking vibe of the place. Yes. I probably want some place that's a little more quaint looking, a little more England. You can, you know, experience the whole vibe. Yeah. I would say if I were to compare the rooms that I saw in in the videos I watched to places we've stayed before that are haunted, I would compare it to... The room type being a lot like the Cosmopolitan Hotel in San Diego, in Old Town San Diego. A somewhat updated bathroom, but it's not super modern either, and a small room with some more antique style furniture. But it's not overly kitschy, they don't take it too far, it's nice. It looks clean, it looks nice, you're staying for the character and the history. So you don't want it to be totally modern anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. I plugged in for like a three day weekend night in February, and the room they had a- available was just like the standard or the superior double room. Um, and that equaled out to be right around 263 pounds a night. And then it's an extra about 10 pounds per night if you wanted to add breakfast on there. So you're looking at like a right around 273 or so pounds. Per night, so it's not cheap um, for for those types of rooms. So keep that in mind if you're looking at it. You're in an amazing location. I'm willing to bet if you were to walk outside the door of this pub, you're gonna have a million shops and restaurants and pubs all around you in this really cool historic town. That would definitely be a stop that I think would like if you were going to London, for example. Maybe you take you know a couple days to go somewhere like this to stay there. But I agree, it it does sound a little pricey for sure, but I mean, you're also in Europe, you're in a beautiful location, you're in the heart of the city. I think it also makes a lot of sense. Totally, I would love to go stay at this place. And you're right, the pricing reminds me of Savannah. Savannah can get pretty pricey, especially on the weekends. And so I bet you during weekdays, it's not going to be as pricey as what I just quoted you, but I thought most people are going to probably go there on a weekend. Let me, let me try to kind of book for that. So yeah, I mean, I would love to go to this place. I I think it looks so neat. Uh, I would love to go sit down in the pub, drink some beer, eat that food and then go up to our room, like get a little bit of liquid courage for our ghost hunting at night. Right. And then just go up in our room and, see if the sink turns on see if we see a canadian airman staring at us you know all of the above yes it does sound pretty amazing well if anybody here has stayed at the golden fleece Inn, please send us an email we would love to hear what your experience is so we can share it with our listeners especially if you experienced a ghost but even if you didn't experience a ghost we understand we don't either on every trip we go on Let us know what your experience was like. We'd love to to share your note. You can email us at yourhauntedholiday at gmail.com or you can just go to yourhauntedholiday.com and fill out the contact us form. Um, In addition to, you know, staying at this place, if you've stayed at any haunted place or experienced any haunting that you would like to tell us about, you can do the exact same thing and send us a note and we may read that for the rest of our listeners. And we especially love recommendations. So if there is a place that has enough information out there for us to do an episode on, please send it our way. We'd love to get recommendations from our listeners. Um, and it also makes it a little easier for us to find where our next episode is going to be. So please send those to us. Don't forget to leave your reviews wherever you are listening. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel by just searching Your Haunted Holiday. Thank you everybody so much for listening. We will see you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening and have a good week.